0: your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cock.
2: Uh, listen to this album
3: you know I'm all about
2: that yeah.
1: this is Peter Frampton golly just came out yesterday entitled all blues it's really nice yeah, and uh, this is uh, the first time I've actually got to hear it, so we're going to go down this hour uh, together, all of us listening to it for the first time. Right now, I'm impressed.
4: Yeah, so far, so good. Love that guitar tone. Yeah, what is that? What kind of guitar is that? Probably a Les Paul, probably. I think so? Be my guess.
3: How old would Peter Frampton be today? He's in his 60s.
1: Yeah, I would say probably 60s, yeah. Mid, late 60s. Uh, There was a really good piece on him a couple weeks ago on CBS. Um, This is his last tour that he's going on this summer because he has a progressive muscular uh, disorder. So he's losing a lot of of things that he can do on stage due due to uh, muscle inflammation, but he said, I'm not going to stop making music. I'm going to (laughs) get off the road, but you're still going to be hearing from Peter Frampton
4: what was it tom about two years ago we saw him at the opera house yeah he did just the it was an acoustic yeah that's right that was that was so cool it was good just him i I think it was one other person up there with him but it was it was so cool yeah hearing the stories so we welcome mike johnson to the show good morning hey mike hello
2: good morning (laughs) Tom Dupree show, uh, Guy Huglet making the noise over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Powell suggests Fed could cut rates if trade spat escalates. Um, that's interesting. You know, now it looks like the trade spat might be getting fixed. So does that mean he's not going to cut rates uh, and that the market went up in vain? Because the market really had a huge week. This week. Yeah,
4: it did. the The market was up close to five percent for yeah. the week. Um, on it started on Tuesday is when he made the announcement. Um, now, late last night, you know, you had the 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 Mexico Mexico tariffs. You know, were basically suspended. You know, they came to an agreement. That's great. Um, but it was interesting this week. So it, I think primarily it's still in relation to China and the China tariffs. Um, but on Tuesday, you had a big move up in the markets when Powell made the announcement, and then consecutively, the each day the market went up some more. Yesterday was interesting. Um, you had the jobs report come out yesterday, and the, and it actually they weren't that good. I mean, there there was it was still growth, yeah, but it, it was slowing. It
2: looked like the market was going to trade way off at the beginning, right? Uh, that
4: was. That was what everybody thought, right? But it, it's so perverse anymore because now the market's thinking because jobs reports were low that the Fed will raise rates, uh, lower rates, or excuse me, lower rates is what I meant. Um, and so that's that's why the market went up yesterday, or a part of it. So I mean, it, it's it's hooked on this low interest rate.
3: And the jobs report wasn't low. That that's what was interesting. They missed the forecast, right? You know, we we added seventy six thousand new jobs in April. We added seventy five thousand new jobs in May, mm-hmm. but they had forecasted 180 something
4: yeah. something
3: thousand, yeah. and so everybody was like, "Oh, oh my God, it's interesting!"
2: Right? Yeah, they all the, that's right. All they did was miss the forecast. It that's was,
3: it.
4: It's not the end of the world. The, the, the labor market's still strong um, but the when the market was reading into it they're like okay you know they, they they have room to to lower rates from where they are now and that's what he indicated on Tuesday and that's why and I get it you know the, if rates go down that means there's problems or potential problems you know it could be for a number of reasons right um, but from a just from a valuation standpoint typically um, you know, as rates go lower, the the current price of a stock should go up because of the present value formula,
2: one would think.
4: Right. And and that's that's what the market's kind of pricing in right now. Uh, yeah. I think it's like a market's pricing like it's like a 70-80% chance that they'll cut rates um mm-hmm. later this year. Right. So it's all in the price now. It, right. It's all in the price. It doesn't happen then you'll have a repricing. Yeah. That's right. So, we we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um but I am glad that the uh the the tariff uh thing with Mexico, you know, was Yeah, that was good. It was going to hurt Kentucky pretty significantly. Yeah. Yeah. It it was all going to be uh it was just, you know, a tax on the consumer uh, ultimately is what it was going to be, but I was listening to somebody um I forget which show it was on, but he was talking about uh beef and The way, because so they've got a a cattle farm right on the border, and they'll it it said they they import five hundred million pounds and then they export five hundred million pounds, and he was talking about the way that that works. So they they bring them over here, feed them, fatten them up, but then the different pieces go back to Mexico, like the the tail, and you know the the what we consider here is kind of you know scrap they send back over there but it's it's the efficient markets because they can get a better price in mexico for these different parts of the cow um and so it's interesting you know, you're you're importing and exporting the same amount but it's what you're importing and exporting it's it's the efficiencies of the market
3: and with terrace every time they move there's a fee
4: right exactly and that that would hinder the profitability and just that that free trade mechanism
2: mm-hmm. right which is what we hope at some point they fix with china
4: right right um we'll see i mean you look like you're seeing light at the end of the tunnel you know a couple months ago and you know that's don't know we'll, we'll see uh, i think they'll need we're, we're a far cry from a trade war I mean, this is just a little skirmish right now, saber-rattling. Um, <laughs> saber-rattling. <laughs> but uh, they 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 are making progress, it sounds like.
2: says James Bullard, uh, the St. Louis Fed president, became the first Fed official to call for interest rate cuts uh, on Monday. The narrative on global trade has darkened He said, uh, last month it appeared trade deals were just around the corner. Now it appears we're going to have many, many fronts in the trade war that would take longer to resolve. So um, he's calling it a trade war.
4: Yeah. Uh, One thing on the jobs report, um, a a positive part of that, though, uh, on small business, um, the the pay, you know, you're, you're continuing to see wages go up. Um, and the they're they're ac- especially small businesses are having trouble finding qualified workers, and so that's that's why you're seeing the the pay scale move. Um, but that's that's good for the the consumer out there, right? Uh, because I mean it, discretionary spending, mm-hmm. it's what it comes down to. You know, yep. as long as the consumer's doing well, they're going to spend money, buy things, and that's good for the economy.
3: That's right. The average wage now is twenty seven dollars and eighty three cents think about that
4: yeah it's great that's that that is
3: that is good
4: uh, this was this was interesting um let's see forty eight percent in construction plan to increase employment and only three percent plan reductions
3: yeah that's good that's good that's news. good
4: that's good um Few owners are reducing employment, indicating that initial claims for unemployment will remain at historically low levels. That's great. Yeah. I mean, the the economy's humming along.
2: So, even though, uh, so now we're looking at household net worth, and it rises 4.5% in the first quarter. Right. Talk about that a little bit.
4: Now, part of this um, can be attributed to the the stock market. Let's let's
2: hold that for a second and okay. let's go ahead and take our break. It is the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio six thirty WLAP. Your weekend news.
4: Mexico. You slap on tires.
3: Nothing else
0: seems to be working. Happened here. Virginia Beach. China wants to be the dominant. These economic. are the trade
2: war. Every
0: day. Tornadoes wreak havoc. Joe Biden. Normandy. Check in with News Radio six thirty. WLAP.
2: Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A fiduciary is a person or organization that owes to another the duties of good faith and trust. It is the highest legal duty of one party to another, and it means being bound ethically to act in the other's best interests. At Dupree Financial Group, we act as a fiduciary to our clients when managing their investments. This means simply that we put their interests first. We accept no commissions or transaction fees, only an asset-based percentage fee of our clients' assets, which directly aligns our interests with theirs. Think about it. A financial advisor who does well when you do well. If you'd like to know more about how this might work for you, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 for a no-obligation meeting and a discussion of your account. That's Dupree Financial Group at
0: 859
3: 233 630 WLAP.
2: Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Well,
1: honey,
2: Trade war will make stocks scary. Five reasons not to panic. Yeah. Reality checks can be helpful.
4: So this is talking specifically on the the China tariffs. Um, now, I will put this caveat, and they point this out in the article. They say, if you're ever going to impose costs on the u.s consumer the time is when unemployment is at 50 year lows right and inflation is basically nil i mean th- this is the time to hold strong um but it's interesting let's put put this in perspective so let's say uh we continue down this road and all 500 billion in chinese exports become subject to tariffs okay and that's what's supposed to happen later this year uh, or potentially could. But let's put that in perspective. Um, the US GDP is a little over 21 trillion dollars. Okay? Only 2.4% of the US economy is tied to exports from China that are at risk for the tariffs. So that's just a very small portion. I mean you, you, it's it's a big number, 500 billion, but let's look at 2.4 2.4% um, and Whoa. China, China has a GDP of about 37 percent of the Chinese economy is tied to exports to the U.S. So you're looking at a small portion of both countries' GDP mm-hmm. that's actually going to be subject to the tariff. So it's a, it it it's impactful, but it's relatively small when you actually look at it.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know it was that low.
4: Yeah. Um, but when you're putting together, when we're putting together portfolios for our clients, um, we never want to make a bet, so to speak on which way these things are going to play out. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you were making a bet, uh, that, uh, something was going to happen with Mexico, Hey, you're wrong now. Now you're holding a a bad position because of that. Um, we don't do that. We, we want to have a diversified portfolio that also owns uh bonds um companies that can be impacted by the tariffs Mm -hmm. but we want to know to what degree going into it Mm -hmm. um so we we're, we're careful not to make a bet on this outcome happening because if you do that you might be wrong right you might be bad wrong um but this this article goes through several risks and it's kind of uh debunking uh some of the risks um so let's the risk is well we talked about the 21 trillion you know the the trade tensions the, the trade tensions um this one's really interesting you look back uh 15 years before the financial crisis global trade grew at twice the pace of global gdp growth uh in the decade after Global trade grew at a 20 percent slower pace than global GDP growth. Yet the economy still grew at the same pace. So, from 92 to 2006, trade made up seven percent. Okay, GDP grew at 3.7 percent. Now, from 2011 to 2018, trade only made up 2.8 percent. Yeah, and it still grew. So the trade is but is. Less important than it was 20 years global ago. Global trade, global trade, because it's already taken place. You know, you're not seeing this big move up in trade, and so it it will probably mute the the impact. Um, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, forecasts that U.S. GDP could fall by about 0.6 percent, uh, while China's GDP could fall by about 1.2 percent. If the twenty-five percent tariffs are are levied, mm-hmm. so you, you're not, it, it's like I said before, it's impactful, but it's not, you know, <laughs> nuclear option right. kind of thing. Um, now this is another one that we I, I get a question of, um what, well, why won't China just sell all their treasuries?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, because they're the they can't
4: they can do it. This is the nuclear option that they would sell all their treasuries. But let's think about this. Um, you look at global yields around the world. So, China's the largest foreign holder of treasuries. Its holdings are uh, small because the they, they own about one point one trillion in U.S. treasuries, and that's you know of a market of about twenty two trillion. Of, Still not small though. But it, it, I mean, in the scope, it's yeah. relatively but where are they going to put the money you know the where does it go in germany you know they're negative um you know and there's just there's no options i think germany and um i think the guilds are negative too. Mm -hmm. have negative yields so they're not gonna sell all their treasuries you know that's shooting themselves in the foot you know Mm -hmm. they, they have to earn something on it um so it's something to be mindful of it's something we watch very carefully um but the market can price in my opinion they're they're speculating out it's a headline, and you know the, the market can overreact yes right so
2: I think you took it apart pretty well there and and showed you know how it's not as big as as we think it is.
4: Right. I mean what the what the market's fearful of is, you know, kind of tit for tat, you know, um reactions, but I mean that neither side wants that. No. Uh, I don't it could happen. You never know. Like I said, we we don't we don't want to make a bet that it's kind of because you never know, but um it's I think it's more muted than what the market's reacting. Right. Mm-hmm investors buy the dips the economic
2: cycle isn't what it used to be what's that all about
4: that's telling us that it's not going to go down well this is this is interesting um so you have what's called the business cycle um so when economists talk about the business cycle um what they're talking about is the the ebbs and flows of the gross domestic product so when companies uh are expanding uh they might overestimate their future sales they might invest too much and then they'll go through a period of cost cutting that's the business cycle you know the ebbs and flows Um, but there's a bigger uh, picture here Um, there's also what's called a financial cycle Um, the business cycles kind of fit within the overall financial cycle Financial cycles have lasted on average from 13 to 18 years. Now, where the business cycle has to do with companies spending and reducing, um, the financial cycle is also companies, but it's also households. And this is where they take on more debt than they can service, and then they default on that debt. That's what happened in the 1980s. That's what happened during the financial crisis. You saw this Big leverage up, and then you saw that the destruction of that leverage—you know, the the wealth that was destroyed, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the the nature of the business cycle has changed since the '80s. So, in the present era, um, central banks—you know—they'll go like what we're seeing, what we saw last week. You know, they're going to stimulate the economy, um, and they can do that you know, with not as much effect as that, as would used to be the case, you know, right now you're not seeing, you know, much inflation, you know, that's not, you know, really high, uh, supply chains, you know, those are, they're keeping the numbers subdued with the supply chain. Um, so the, the central banks, they can stimulate unlike they used to, but the longer the expansions go, um, that gives the opportunity for, um, I guess, uh, instability, if you will, because, uh, stability breeds instability because people will leverage up. They'll take on more risk. Um, but the it, right. So the, the point of this article, he's saying, don't, don't, look at the short-term possibility of a recession, it could happen. I mean, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, it could happen, but the the buy-the-dip mentality is still in place, and that's what's been in place since the financial crisis. Right. You see a drop, and then the market comes in, buys the dip, and people have been conditioned to this. Um, fourth quarter of last year, it looked like there was a potential for that mentality to shift mm-hmm. um, where <clears> – <throat> just no, no buyers, uh, but you should look at the financial cycle. And so when we're looking out, you know, 10 years from now, that's when, you know, the financial cycle could change. So you have to have perspective. Don't get caught up in headlines, you know, these headline news, and make a change to your portfolio just because of that. Stay with us.
2: You're listening to The Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson. It's News Radio 630 WLAP.
0: From iHeartRadio, number one for podcasts, Tech Stuff. I'm Jonathan Strickland, host of the podcast Tech Stuff. I want to share with you stories about tech, old and new. Tech Stuff takes a close look at the biggest names and companies in tech, from Nikola Tesla to IBM. I look at how tech works and how it affects us. Listen to and follow Tech Stuff on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hear an episode of Tech Stuff Wednesday night at 8 here on News Radio 630 WLAP. Summer is approaching. Now it's time to kick things off right and heat up your summer dating strategy the right way with the Match app. Match has created millions of love stories. Number one in first and Second dates, number one in marriages, and when it comes to making babies, well, uh, over a million are on the planet because of Match. The Match app actually gives you the chance to carefully review profiles versus quickly flipping through them. And you can view photos, read more about the people you see, build that early connection with that person who could be your forever person. Try for yourself. Download the Match app for free today. (laughs) Get ready to experience Keeneland like never before. Introducing Railbird, August 10th and 11th in Lexington, Kentucky. See the Rackin' Tours, Tyler Childers, Brandy Carlisle, and over 30 acts on the grounds of Keeneland. Also featuring live off track betting, curated bourbon, equine culture, and more. Tickets on sale now at RailbirdFest.com. Railbird, August 10th and 11th, Lexington, Kentucky. Get in the action at RailbirdFest.com came down to the wire, but ultimately President Trump announced that tariffs on Mexican goods will not go into effect Monday. ABC's Tara Palmeri is at the White House with more on the deal That involves trade and migrants. Mexico and U.S. officials emerging with the deal late Friday night after three days of
3: frantic negotiations. The 11th hour deal comes to the president face opposition from his own party. Trump threatened to increase the tariffs every month by 5% until they reached 25% or until Mexico took steps to curb the flow of migrants. Both Democrats and Republicans feared U.S. consumers would bear the brunt of the costs.
0: Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin now wants China to resume trade talks. He said he plans to meet one-on-one with the governor of China's central bank there in Japan at a meeting of G20 finance ministers. Eight 2020 Democratic hopefuls scheduled to take part and meet the candidates forum at a pride convention today in Des Moines, Iowa. Brian Clark, ABC News. Our flood threat rolls on for this Saturday and right on into Sunday and Monday. Rounds of showers and thunderstorms putting down a lot of water over the past few days, and a lot more rain is to come. Keep an eye on those creeks and streams. We're talking about highs, generally mid 70s to around 80. Not going to rain the entire time, but when it does, it'll put it down. Have a great day. I'm WKYT Chief Mirageist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 seven from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station.
1: Genesis Diamonds right now has their most aggressive offer ever. Hey, it's Tom Leach, and I know you're going to want to make the drive to Louisville to take advantage of this. Listen, no down payment and no interest for five years. Nothing held back. You can't miss this extraordinary event through June 30th. All Genesis designers are included: Baragio, to Corey. Christopher Designs, Henry Dawsey, pick anything in the Genesis Showcase. Pay nothing down and enjoy no interest for five whole years. Even all of Genesis GIA certified engagement rings are included. How about a $5,000 Takori or Viraggio ring with a GIA certified diamond for as low as $85 a month. This is incredible. Swiss watches too. Fabulous Omega, Breitling and Tag Heuer timepieces as low as $35 a month. Buy today with nothing down. Get the incredible value price Genesis is known for. Then, spread your payments over five years with zero interest. Don't miss this. Genesis Diamonds, Shelbyville Road Plaza in Louisville, official jeweler of the Wildcats. On approved credits, you store for details. This is Trooper Tiffany Bond with Kentucky State Police. No matter where you drive across Kentucky, crashes can happen anywhere. So we pay attention to unbuckled drivers and passengers. So get in and buckle up, day and night. Kentucky, these are our communities. If riding a ticket can prevent tragedies like the ones I've seen, I'll do it. Why? because it saves lives.
0: A message from law enforcement officers across Kentucky and the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety who remind you, click it or ticket. 630 WLAP. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah.
3: You can't judge a daughter by looking at the mother. Oh You
2: can't judge book by looking
3: at the cover. Oh, can't you see? Let the daughter and the mother yeah. comment. You can <laughs> on that one.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Back on the Tom Dupree show. By the way, Peter Frampton, 69. nine. Somebody just sent that in. Really? He's getting up there.
2: Low interest rates forever. Don't get used to that idea, says Jim Grant.
1: Why? Hmm.
4: Because things change. It's the gist of what he's saying. Um, When you look um, back uh, 35 years, um, so interest rates, they tend to change course only once or twice a generation. In 1981, uh, investors could look back on 35 years of basically rising rates. Um, in 2016, a diff- different generation could look back on 35 years of generally falling rates, um, and a lot of uh, investors. Um, I mean, even he even makes the point of uh, Powell uh, that. You've been in an environment where rates have been falling for so long, it's almost like muscle memory. You you, you extrapolate out whatever the most recent thing is. And you take that to whatever degree, you take that to the stock market, investors extrapolate out what's happened in most recent history. Interest rates, interest rate uh, changes take a lot longer of a time, but you just assume that it's going to continue on. Um you know back in he makes the point you know back in the the 80s uh, an investor could have bought you know a 14 15% bond and locked it in but they didn't see it because they were extrapolating out they thought rates were going to go even higher than that right because that's all they had seen for so long I right? was there
2: well i mean i tried but- to get people to buy those things and they wouldn't buy them same thing with the stock market Sometimes, when it's been going down for a while, people think it's going to keep going down and I sent out a letter in um oh nine telling people you got to jump in and there were people that were angry about that yeah. mm-hmm. sure. why
3: would you tell me to do that when this thing's gone down so far? Yeah, you're crazy and they they forgot when interest rates were eight you know prime rate was eighteen yep. percent in the eighties,
4: <laughs> yeah. 21%. things change when you've you've made the point tom uh, before um you know you could have you could buy you know a short-term bond at that time and you would think that hey that's the safer bet in case right. in case rates do continue to rise but that like you said that was the sucker you're bet.
2: better off buying the long-term bond which even had a lower interest rate than the short-term bond because yield curve was inverted big time right back then when when the short term uh, interest rate was 21%, the long term rate was around 13. But the 13% was the one you should have been buying cuz you're locking it in. Locking it in.
4: Yep. So but you, you, like the 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 whole point is don't extrapolate out something that's happening right now because <coughs> things will change. That's that's the constant mm-hmm. is things will change.
2: Yeah, the only constant is change, also as applied to industrial sectors.
4: Right. Um, With ETFs, with the prevalence that you've had there, it's so easy to go out and buy a sector. You say, okay, I'm going to buy energy sector or healthcare or utilities, whatever the sector may be, and you get a shotgun – Blast to that sector, and boom, you own that sector. Yeah. And what you have to be careful of is trying to bet. Essentially, I'm using that word a lot today, but that's that's <laughs> what 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 a lot of uh, people in the market are basically doing. They're making a bet. They're trying to game the system, if you will. Um, and so, when you look back, um, just in the last several quarters um trying you, you look at what the best performers were in the sector so the second quarter of 2018 it was energy third quarter of 2018 was healthcare. fourth quarter of 18 best performer was utilities first quarter of 19 tech and you you go back even further and you're going to see the same thing different 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 yep. different when when you try to project out you and you know maybe you got healthcare right in one but then it might have been the worst performer the next year you you need to have a diversified right. portfolio not a portfolio that you're speculating on different unless areas. you're a really good speculator unless you're a really good speculator and there are really good speculators there are some but when we're putting together a portfolio we want to have a diversified portfolio and it's not just owning everything in the market so you could say well shoot you know you don't know which sector is going to do well just own every single sector of the market uh, in equal weightings well the problem with that if you're owning an etf you're probably not getting any dividends from it not much at least right um i was i was doing an analysis uh for someone this week and uh they have a combination of a stock and an ETF portfolio, and the overlap was huge. I mean, there was almost a one-to-one correlation. Even though the one were individual stocks, the other one were ETFs, the ETF portion basically, I mean, there was so much overlap inside of that. All the funds owned the same thing. Same things. Um, and th- that was supposed to be the diversifier of mm-hmm. the portfolio and it wasn't. You know, so when we're putting together a portfolio, we're looking for sectors that in our opinion look undervalued. You know, mm-hmm. so with with when you're looking at a valuation metric, that's your margin of safety, if you will. And if the industry in in particular with our approach, if the company, not just the industry, the company is providing A service or a good and they've managed their balance sheet well if their cash flow is good Mm -hmm. then they're still going to pay that dividend Um, and we're not we're not making a big wager on just a certain sector if 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 it by chance that sector is the leader hey we'll we'll take it and then we'll probably move to another right because you know something gets too expensive you can't hold it anymore right
3: you know one of the things i hear a lot of our clients say or particularly new clients prospects that come in and visit with us they don't know what they own they think they That's know right but they they really don't know and when right. when you talk about what you've been talking about this morning mike um with these funds exchange traded funds it, there is so much duplication and every time i've watched an analysis Done at the pre financial group, that has been the common denominator, just constant duplication. You know, and at the pre, we're pretty forthright about our relationship with our client and our investment approach. And you know, Tom loves to say it you know, we're a diligent guide, mm-hmm. and we really take the time to understand. What our clients' needs are, what are their wants are, what their dreams may be, right. and how we can meet that in the right way. Right. So I just I, I have you know to know why. Yeah, huh? Because we've
2: got the dog.
3: Because we've got the dog, Dupree. the, the pre dog, and we love our <laughs> dog named Dupree, yellow lab, by the way. So anyhow, I just I wanted to kind of tie into that because this is this is good information you're talking about.
4: It's we want to educate our clients, um, on what they own, why they own it. Right. Um, and then with new people coming in prospects, it's, it's kind of shining a light in the corner. You know, this is, this is what you own right now. Let's, let's really take a look at, it. you know, with open eyes, you know, not just leave it on autopilot, um, with, with, with anything to do with finance, it's so easy to get complacent, And just let what's been the status quo stay and you have to always be willing to really look with a critical eye we do this ourselves you know with our portfolio we always have to be willing to look at it with a critical eye what we own uh, what our clients own in their portfolio but you have to do that yourself Mm -hmm. you know you have to look at what your everything from spending habits what you have And then down to what you own in the portfolio. Look at it with a critical eye. Make sure that that's suitable for what your needs are at that time. Yeah,
2: it's time to buy short-term bonds and dividend stocks. Income manager says it's Ben Kirby, a (laughs) co-manager of the Thornburg Income Builder.
4: Do you agree, Mike? (laughs) Do you agree? I do agree. Yes, you do. Do agree? now you can take it two parts uh let's look at the bond component first um short-term bonds why short-term bonds um well you don't know what interest rates are going to do yeah you know maybe they'll cut rates maybe rates will go down from here we don't know um maybe they'll go up you know if uh if, i mean you don't you just you just don't know um so in our portfolios we own the the bond component are short-duration bonds, um, and these are individual bonds, not bond funds, because bond funds, the duration can change. You can think you're buying a short duration, but then the duration lengthens out. We're buying individual short-term bonds uh, that we know what we're getting paid, and we can get in and out of them if we need to.
3: And tell us the reason why we're buying those bonds.
4: Liquidity, right? Liquidity and knowing... Well, with, with, a, with an individual bond, you have a maturity date. Mm-hmm. With a bond fund, there's no maturity date. So imagine um, a rolling portfolio of CDs. So this portfolio, you have bonds maturing or CDs maturing, and then they have to replace those. Um, and then you also have the impact of fund flows from mm-hmm. the mutual fund. So the, the makeup of the bond fund itself can change. But when you own a one-year Treasury bill – you know that on October tenth of twenty nineteen, that bond matures, mm-hmm. and you've made your not coupon and with a treasury bill, but you the interest your discount, that you, your discount the, the interest. discount right. right. Um, so short term uh, is where we are right now um, with with our bonds, and then um, as this uh, person's saying, we also believe that dividend stocks uh, are is the place to be right now, especially if somebody's getting closer in retirement, um, because even if you're not expecting a recession, um, dividend paying stocks, they do offer some downside protection. If it does occur, typically those types of companies have stronger balance sheets. They're in a more mature business, um, and they will typically hold up better. Um, sometimes they can react just like the market, but typically historically they've Held up better in a down market mm-hmm. um, and hopefully still getting your dividends.
2: Right. All right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, News Radio 630 WLAP.
0: It's a high wire balancing act of politics. Democrat and Republican. The left. I'm a liberal. And the right. I'm also a conservative. Summertime circus of political discourse is upon us. And you're invited to join the fun. News Radio 630 WLAP.
2: Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A fiduciary is a person or organization that owes to another the duties of good faith and trust. It is the highest legal duty of one party to another, and it means being bound ethically to act in the other's best interests. At Dupree Financial Group, we act as a fiduciary to our clients when managing their investments. This means simply that we put their interests first. We accept no commissions or transaction fees, only an asset-based percentage fee of our clients' assets, which directly aligns our interests with theirs. Think about it, a financial advisor who does well when you do well. If you'd like to know more about how this might work for you, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 for a no-obligation meeting and a discussion of your account. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233
0: 630 WLAP.
2: Tom Dupree show stocks lure world buyers world with cheapest valuations world. in months. If I don't get well no so there were people were jumping all over stocks this week because of that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo! We, uh, this is a question we get fairly often too with uh, new people coming in to see us, um, you know, should I, should I make the change right now? You know, the market's expensive. Um, should, should, should we, you know, sell this and buy this, you know, why should I change my current portfolio? Um, stocks right now, um, and everything's relative, um, uh, but they are uh, trading right now at about 15 and a half times, uh, earnings, uh, their forward, uh, 12 month earnings. And that's down from nearly 17 times in early May. Uh, so from a valuation standpoint, stocks do look a lot more attractive currently. Um, and we've we've seen that. You, you look at where the broad market is, but then you dive down to the individual securities. There's some stocks out there that are trading close to their 52-week low in this market that's basically – it's making progress back to its all-time high but individual stocks there's opportunities um and these are companies that aren't these aren't startup you know kind of companies (laughs) these are established businesses that for one reason or another are trading closer they're 52 week low so there is in our opinion we're seeing value out there um and anytime you can buy something with a a lower multiple, a uh, lower price and it's a dividend payer, then that yield is higher. Uh, and you know, we've talked about that so many times. Um we w- we would rather have a good company at a lower price. That's right. Because of that higher yield. Um hopefully that also means growth over time. Um but right now, that's a higher yield as long as that dividend is going to be paid and that's what we that's why we analyze the companies as much as we do to see how sustainable is that dividend
2: right what what is it about dividends that makes them sustainable tell me tell me what Mm -hmm. what is it you can see a stock that's trading at a big yield and you know you wonder if that's really
4: right Uh, you, you have to be careful um Because let's say something's you know has a mid-teens yield in this environment, there might be a problem there. Um, But it's something you know we'll we'll explore some of those too. Um, But the dividend comes from the earnings of the company, right? And if the underlying business is good, but the stock market has punished the stock price, well, that if the business is still good, they're they're still going to be paying that same dollar per share uh dividend which makes the yield the current yield higher Mm -hmm. right um but in times of volatility that's when you get the opportunity to buy good companies with a higher yield position the portfolio hopefully for long-term growth and that's that's the underlying theme of the things we've been talking about here is you have to take a long-term perspective on these things. You know, you'll see it with interest rates. You see it with all these different sectors, you know, short-term moves. um, Look at it long-term. You know, what's been the income generation uh, from the portfolio? uh, And have you had some growth also? Right. New
2: SEC rule heightens broker responsibilities to investors. What do we got?
4: So – this has been an ongoing thing they did pass it uh this week but it was with changes to what it initially came out with um the, the brokers which we are not we're a registered investment advisor we are a fiduciary we're held to the fiduciary standard brokers used to be held to what's called a suitability standard which is a much lower standard um now, brokers are being held to what's called the best interest standard. It's still below the fiduciary standard. Fiduciary, you have to put the interest of your clients ahead of your own. Best interest is you can still charge the commissions, you can still act in a suitability fashion as they were, but it just has to be disclosed. Honestly, I like that. I like that it has to be disclosed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, anytime. You know, information, information's power. You know, know what you're getting. Um, but there's still a clear distinction between fiduciary and a best interest standard.
2: Right. The best interest means I can take you to the cleaners. I just got to tell you about just it. I
4: just got to tell you about it. Exactly. It's <laughs> the way it so, is.
3: So brokers are typically paid based on trades. Right. Is that correct?
4: Right. Yeah. Does
3: does that does this new suitability standard or whatever this broker responsibility best, best interest best interest is is that addressing any of that type of?
4: There's still a la- it's still a commission transactional uh, uh, arrangement, um, but the the broker has to disclose it in plain language where these conflicts of interest are. Okay. So so if there's some sort of a revenue sharing from a mutual fund company or something like that, they have to disclose that.
3: Okay. Okay.
4: Cuz the revenue sharing can be, you know, the a fund company pays, you know, the the brokerage firm a certain amount so the brokerage firm incentivizes the broker to sell that and but that's that's a conflict of interest. But it has to be disclosed now.
3: Well I thought this was interesting. it said the it said the regulation approved Wednesday will not ban conflicts of interest other than sales contests that reward brokers for selling specific products. yeah and then it went on to say the SEC determined that giving brokers free trips or bonuses for placing clients into certain funds or annuities could serve the best interest of the clients. I thought that was good that they're addressing those type of programs.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, I remember that used to go on when I was in the brokerage world. If you did a certain amount of business with a certain fund company, you'd got a
3: trip or something someplace. Yeah. Yeah now they have to disclose that is that correct right, right. so okay guy huglet you're i'm i'm i want you to know i'm going to be buying this stock but i'm getting points towards a caribbean cruise
4: right 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 that's that's, that's right. basically right. what they have yeah. to do right
3: right okay we don't do things like that at the pre-financial oh. group as you all well know <laughs> <laughs> we go to detroit <laughs> we go I to look detroit. at battlefields <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right it you know really really interesting
3: so tom was in detroit last week you guys and yeah. uh there was an article in the uh i think it was the wall street journal you probably saw it mike but. uh it caught my attention because you and Bill were up there doing doing some things. This guy was I mean, you you saw the climate. Obviously yeah. it's a it's a town that has been just damaged severely. Yes. Right. A lot of poverty, abandoned properties, no new no, low job job situations really bad, high unemployment I guess. Yeah. Right. This guy was proposing that one of the solutions is for the big three to merge yeah. into the big two. That's right. Uh, y'all want to comment on that at all? Uh, we, get, we don't have time. Oh, we don't have time. Daggone it.
2: <laughs> if anything you heard <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it would be helpful to you and your portfolio, give us a call at two three three zero four hundred. area code 859. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson and Guy Huglett News Radio 630 WLAP.